0: I don't mean to give them everything the world has to offer. I mean, Mom, would you promise God today on Mother's Day that you will be the godly mother? Well, today is Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, I really like Mother's Day, and I sure like Mother's Day in the house of the Lord. And I think when you get the two of them together, I think you have the best kind of Mother's Day. Well, if you don't mind a little humor, there was uh, once a, um, a, a young mother, I guess, and she was the mother of three rather wild children. And a friend asked her, If you had to do it all over again, would you have children? And she said, oh, yes. But next time I'd like three different children. (laughs) Well, praise the Lord for all of the moms. And, you know, there's another theme that goes along with Mother's Day. And I think you'll agree, it's compassion. Because mothers are noted for their compassion. To to be compassionate literally means to associate yourself with the sufferings of others. That's the idea of compassion. Our Lord Jesus is compassionate, isn't he? And he put compassion into a mother's heart. Well, today we're going to talk about mothers, particularly this mother here in Exodus chapter 2. Does anyone happen to know her name, by the way? What is it? Jochebed. Jochebed. Yes, that's her name. Uh, She was the mother of what famous person? Moses. Yeah. So we're going to be looking a little bit at her life today. Let's have a word of prayer first. Loving Heavenly Father, help us to learn something about motherhood. Perhaps it'll be new, new material for someone here today. Perhaps it'll be old familiar and well-appreciated material for someone else. Lord, but we pray that we would nonetheless uh, be reminded once again of the need for good and godly mothers. Thank you for all of the mothers that are here today and all those that are watching online. And again, we ask that you would please rest your blessing, Lord, upon them and assure them once again of our love. And now, Father, teach our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. Well, every name has meaning. It means something. Everyone's name means something. If you don't know what your name means, you should go home and look it up. Find out what the name means. And the Hebrew names are very interesting because to begin with, Hebrew is kind of a poetic sort of a, a language and that gives ability to take several meanings from from the words. Typically, Hebrew words will have up to 10 different meanings, and it's by context that you know. The name Jochebed means the Lord is glory, or Yahweh or Jehovah is glory. And that's a pretty good name. So um, Jochebed's mummy, usually it was the mothers who did the naming, and so Jochebed would have got that name from her mother. So it sounds like she had a pretty good mother to name her daughter. Um, the Lord is glory. And so she comes on the scene here. And she gets married by a handsome fella, And his name is Amram. A-M-R-A-M. Amram. You can, uh, you can find those names in scripture. But um, Jochebed here was an amazing woman. Now, I do believe that her husband, Amram, was right in there with her. Uh, But the emphasis here is on Jochebed. God wants us to to see this amazing woman. And this amazing woman, when the government said, um, you'll kill, you'll put to death all baby boys, this woman stood up against the government. She believed in God. And she operated by faith. And every Christian needs to operate by faith. But mothers seem to require a little extra faith, especially if they have wild kids. And they're praying and saying, well, one day my boy's going to turn out all right. One day my girl, she'll settle down and she's going to come back to the Lord or something like that. And mothers need to have faith, don't they? And so when she gave birth to this baby boy we know as Moses... Uh, Of course, she she had to hide him, and Moses went into hiding. And so for some three months, according to Scripture here, um, she hid, well, her and her husband, but they they hid Moses. Um, In the New Testament, this story is spoken of in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. That's the chapter of faith. And chapter 11, verse 23, both Jochebed and Amram they could see that he was a goodly child, a proper child, it says. And they, they could see that by faith. You see, now what does that mean? How is it that Jochebed could look on her boy and say, he's a goodly child or he's a proper child? And we may never fully understand until we get to heaven and ask, sit down with Jochebed and ask her, now come on, explain what was it that you saw? But we can get sort of an idea. By faith, this, this lady operated by faith in God. And somehow she knew that this little baby was destined for something great. When it says he was a goodly child, I don't think it necessarily that he had the, the finest, most beautiful features, although he might have. There are some handsome guys out there. Uh, but by faith, she could see in those three months that he was destined for something great. And I think the Lord must have whispered to her heart. In fact, uh, ladies, don't listen now for a minute. I want to talk to all of the guys. Okay, so you think about something else, all right? But guys, um, you'll find this to be very true, that the ladies often will have some idea that's going to be a great idea, and they won't have a clue how they got it. And that'll frustrate you. So you're going to have to get used to that. For the rest of your lives, your, uh, your lady folk will come up with uh, ideas or suggestions or solutions and they'll be the right ones. And they won't it'll bother you because you've been racking your brains and they come up with the idea. Just like that. And that is so frustrating. Trust me. I know this. And so anyhow, um, I think maybe that's what happened here is that the Lord whispered to her heart and... We say ladies have a sixth sense, right? Uh, But I think it has something to do with the Lord whispering to their heart. Okay, ladies, you can join us again now. Thank you very much for your patience on that. And we didn't say anything bad. Don't worry. Everything is good. But here's a lady by faith, Jochebed. And she could see that little Moses was going to be... uh, She had no idea how great, but she just knew something. And so by faith, they were hiding him and doing everything they could... I'm sure that her and Amram were prayer warriors. You can't go through something like this and not be a prayer warrior. When it feels like you and your child against the world, it forces you into the prayer closet. It teaches you something about prayer. And I do believe that there must have been many nights where Jochebed prayed and maybe even wept, thought of, you know, the danger the door could be kicked open at any point and soldiers come in and physically tear the baby from her arms and, and put it to death. And no, no question, the devil's always there trying to, to make us afraid and guilty and angry and, and so on. And this is why we need faith to overcome these. And faith will overcome all of these things. And I'd just like to pause to say that in Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to take the shield of faith whereby with we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Satan will throw fiery darts at you and at me. And the only way to stop them to get victory is to raise a shield of faith. A shield of faith that says God is my shield and God is my protector and God knows what's happening and He will protect me and anything that He wants me to experience, there's a reason for it. And your shield of faith will not only stop the fiery dart, but it'll smother it, it'll quench it, it'll put it out. Without that, you're going to have a hard night's sleep. Without that, you're going to wake up in the morning so angry. I don't know if you you have any teeth left. You'll be grinding your teeth at night maybe. And I think that here is a mother of faith and her faith was in the Lord. And so she would roll her burden on the Lord. And of course there came a point, and we're not sure why it was at that three-month point, but there came a point where her and her husband apparently could no longer conceal and hide the little baby. I don't think it was so much because he was crying and so on, although he did cry. It's okay sometimes for babies to cry. How else are they going to communicate? We have uh, our, <laughs> our little dog Charlie and uh, Charlie is uh, actually older than me now in dog years. so he's getting up there. I'm going to buy him a little cane. And uh, when Charlie wants to communicate with us, like when he's afraid of his, you know, he's afraid of his dog dish, you know that. I've told you that, right? And there's something about the dog dish that he's scared of. but whenever he needs help, he'll bark to get our attention. And we'll come in the room, and what? what? What is it? Oh! And then now he can get a drink of water. Or now he can eat the kibble that's left. Or, you know, he has a little trouble snouting the, uh, the doggy door, you know, to go outside or come in or something. And he'll, he'll bark, help, I need help. So it's okay sometimes for, for children to cry. Of course, there's a line in the sand there somewhere that you'll have to find on your own. But anyhow, um, she had the idea. Again, maybe the Lord put this in her heart. To make a crude little basket. She had this idea. And she made it waterproof. And she put her baby in there and covered it somehow. And then, of course, put it out on the Nile because she knew Pharaoh's daughter was out there. And Pharaoh's daughter had a heart. I think a heart of gold. Uh, Some have said ill things about Pharaoh's daughter. I think they're out of line. I think that this young lady, she herself wasn't a mother, but she had a heart of gold. And I think she kind of grew up loving kids. I think maybe she wanted a kid of her own. That's why she uh, wanted to keep this little baby. And when they opened the basket, she said, Oh, this is a Hebrew. This is a Hebrew baby. And she would have been able to tell by bone structure and by skin color and that sort of thing. There was no circumcision in those days. There was no circumcision. But there were other ways to tell that this was a Hebrew baby. And so she said, Oh, it's one of the Hebrew boys. And, of course, right there in the story... Uh, was Moses' older sister Miriam. And she was something like 12 years of age or something like that. And she was all set and she was watching this and she came running up and she said, oh, my lady, shall I find one of the Hebrew nurses to nurse the baby for you? I mean, it's so brilliant. It's genius. And so uh, Pharaoh's daughter says, yes. (laughs) And I'll pay. Wow. And so, of course... Miriam runs back home and gets Jochebed, her mom, and says, Mom, you're a genius. It work." <laughs> and so she comes running with her mom and says, uh, My lady, here's the, the nurse. This lady will nurse the baby. And so it's just beautiful how it happened. And so uh, Pharaoh's daughter makes the arrangement and says, I'll pay you this gold, all this money, if you'll do this, and nurse the baby until he's old enough. And she was so happy to do it. And, of course, she, um, uh, she, uh, she took the baby and started to, to nurse. Now, uh, there are times when uh, parents, especially mothers, have to do things that maybe their children don't understand or appreciate. And we have that kind of illustrated here. I mean, to put your kid in the basket, out it goes on the Nile. And don't forget, there were crocodiles in the Nile. Not only Pharaoh daughters, but there were crocodiles as well. And so sometimes the children don't understand, oh, why, why can't I? And the mother has to be a little bit strict and says, no, you can't do this, and so on. And someone who grew up, a lady who grew up, thought back on her childhood years, and she wrote a little, kind of a little story, and she said, I had the meanest mother. And she wrote and said, I, when, when I was a girl, she said, I had the meanest mother in the whole world. When other children ate candy for breakfast, I had to have cereal and eggs and toast. When others had Coca-Cola and candy for lunch, I had to eat a sandwich. And as you can guess, my supper was different from other children's also. But at least I wasn't suffering alone. My sister and two brothers had the same mean mother as I did my mother insisted upon knowing where we were at all times. She would had to know who our friends were and what we were doing. She insisted if we said we'd be gone an hour that we were not gone more than an hour. Now you can begin to see how mean she really was. While other girls were wearing mini skirts and smoking cigarettes, we had to be little grandmothers And we were called old-fashioned. Mother would not even let us go to the drive-in movies. How mean could she be? She forced us to grow up into God-fearing, educated, honest adults. She made us work. We had to wash dishes, make beds, learn to cook, and all sorts of cruel things. I believe she lay awake at night thinking up mean things for us to do. But using this as a background, I am trying to raise my three children. I stand a little taller. I am filled with pride when my children call me mean. I thought that was interesting. But think for a moment back with Jochebed and her husband, Amram. And there's the baby. Of course, there was also Miriam there as well. And there was someone else. Who else was there? Who? Aaron. Aaron. He was there as well. He was a little boy at the time. But they had the baby and the, the, the basket was all ready. It was called an ark, A-R-K. The word ark means, means like a, a box or a chest that you would put something valuable in. Uh, that's what the word ark means. And so can you imagine the last night? Because they were going to float this thing early the next morning. Can you imagine that last night and what that must have felt like and the tremendous step of faith that they were doing and how hard that must have been. I kind of think the angels guarded that little home that night. At dawn, Jochebed would have kissed little baby Moses thinking this could be the last time. And put him in the Nile. And so. In verses 5 and 6. You see that there's Pharaoh's daughter. And she's in the Nile. And sees the basket. Verse 6. She opened it and saw the child. Behold the babe wept. So there we know Moses cried. And she had compassion on him. This is one of the Hebrew children. So there's the story there. And she paid gold. And Jochebed would have thanked the Lord. Not so much for the gold, but to have her baby boy back. To have this golden opportunity. Pure gold. I do believe that God will bless our efforts. If we follow the Lord and put our faith in him, God will bless. And a mother's love is unequaled. And that's where the compassion comes in. The sub-theme of the message today, compassion. Associating yourself with with the sufferings of someone else. That's compassion. Just a few years ago in this country, over in Quebec, a mother uh, living in a remote northern Quebec town, she looked out and saw a polar bear about to attack her seven-year-old boy. Now, if you know anything about polar bears, you shall know enough to run the other way except if your seven-year-old boy is being attacked. And this mother, her name was Lydia Angu, and she was 41 at the time. And her seven-year-old boy was being attacked by a polar bear. Polar bears generally are 800 pounds, 1,000 pounds. Some of them have been known as much as 1,500 pounds. Some polar bears, when they stand up on their hind feet, they're like almost nine feet tall one swipe of their paw can crush your skull. So I don't know how big the polar bear was, but it didn't matter if it was big or small. Mom was there, and no polar bear is going to attack my kid. And she raced out, and she attacked the polar bear. She threw herself at this thing and hit it and yelled at it and screamed at it and clawed it and whacked it and so on the polar bear took off. It's a true story. happened just a few years ago in 2006. That is a mother's heart. That is a mother's heart. And it's instinctive. She didn't sit down at the kitchen table and say, now let me think this through now. It's an 800,000 pound polar bear. my seven-year-old boy. Well, what should I do? It doesn't work that way. It's instinctive. And she threw herself into the situation. I read another story about what happened down in one of the tornadoes, I think down in Kansas a number of years ago. tornado ripped through a um, a housing development. And uh, a mother with her two children, she had no other place to go, she threw a mattress on top of her two boys and threw herself on the mattress. And the tornado passed through. And the boys were spared. They were saved. But the mother died. She died in the process. But she saved her two boys. That's mother's heart. That's instinctive. I believe the safest place in all of the world for Moses was with Jochebed. A godly mother. Look at verse 7. We have um, the sister... Saying to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse? One of the Hebrew uh, women? Oh, yeah. Verse 8 And uh, Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. And the maid went, called the child's mother. There's Jochebed. Pharaoh's daughter said, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I'll give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew. Now, how old was Pharaoh? Sorry, (laughs) what was Pharaoh? Forget Pharaoh. How old? was Moses. How old was Moses when his mother finished nursing him and delivered him? You see in verse 10, brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. Well, it doesn't say, does it? It doesn't say. Um, It's just interesting. The need for godly mothers today. I believe that that need is greater now than ever before. I really do. I was talking with uh, a lady yesterday and I, was, I had a chance to share with her a little bit about the Lord Jesus. And she's a, a doctor. Uh, I think she's a doctor. She's a medical lady anyhow. And she's very professional. And she's very, very kind and very nice. And I was talking with her about eternal life. And one thing that came up early in the conversation, and we both agreed on it, is that these days, the generation of people out there, the newer generation. It's not like the older generation. People are mean. People are nasty. People are, are different. They've, they've changed. Now I'm not saying if you're here today and you're one of the younger generation you're a mean, nasty person. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the genre, the the general rule of thumb now is to not care about anyone or anything about God above or about people below. That's That's how it goes. My own personal physician. He's a Christian man, and he's my age. Actually, he's a couple months older. He's my elder, I suppose, and so we were talking about the new doctors coming on the scene, and he said to me that he is amazed that all of the new doctors, they don't want to open up clinics of their own. They want to go work in big hospitals, and I said, why is that? He said, because they don't want to get to know their patients. They don't want to get to know people. They just want to You know, put a stethoscope on, give a pill, next. You know, write a prescription, next. They want to funnel them in, funnel them out like cattle. They don't want to get to know them. And the older generation doctor wanted to get to know his patients. You see the difference? Interesting, isn't it, In the world we live in, which underscores the need for motherhood. We need godly mothers. Now I know that there's mothers and then there's mothers. And just because a woman is the biological mother of a child doesn't really make her a a mother. I'm talking about motherhood in the fullest sense. A true mother, a great mother. A mother with a mother's heart. There's a tremendous need for mothers today. And, well, I'll give you an illustration. There's a story of a, a little girl who was watching her mother do the dishes. And she said she said mom she said don't you ever get tired of doing all the dishes and her mother without missing a beat said oh honey i'm i'm not doing dishes i'm building a home i'm building a home i like when mothers have a good comeback don't you there was a young sassy teenage young teenage girl said to her mother I didn't ask to be born into this family. And without skipping a beat, her mother answered her back, No, you didn't. But if you had of, I would have said no. <laughs> I like it when mothers have good comebacks. But this mother here was absolutely right. She wasn't so much doing dishes or vacuuming a rug. She was building a home. And that's what good mothers do. They have a heart of compassion. I know there's a, a lot of mothers today that don't have a heart for their home, for their children, for their husband. Maybe it's more career or something like that. But praise the Lord for the mothers like Jochebed. <clears throat> Jochebed would have had to probably do work outside the home as well. A lot of them did then. But, huh, praise the Lord She had a heart for her home. I think that in God's hall of fame, one day when you and I get to heaven, in God's hall of fame, we're going to see photographs of mothers stooped over the the kitchen sink or over a stove or something like that. And there's going to be pictures that, that God has chosen to put into His hall of fame of women with a mother's heart to build Families. Now, where where did Moses... Moses grew up and he was a great man. Where did he get his backbone? Where did he get his grit from? I know he had some problems, but I tend to think that his mother had a powerful influence on him. I think so. You know, truthfully, we don't know how old Moses was by the time his mother had to deliver him over to Pharaoh. He wasn't a 20-year-old man, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Her job was to nurse him. And when he was all past the nursing and the potty training and whatever, and he was, you know, all ready, then he was to go and live with Pharaoh's daughter. So how old would that have been? We don't know. Let's say even, let's say it was five years old. Let's just say that. We're just picking a number. Let's say five years old. Can you imagine how quickly those five years went? Can you imagine, in just a blink of an eye, Those five years were gone. And Jochebed was saying to her husband, Amram, I don't think I can do this. Amram, it's all come too quick. How am I going to do this? And I think that he would have put his arms around her and they would have wept together and prayed together. And just as by faith they put three-month-old baby Moses in a little ark and put him in the Nile, I think that by faith they would have taken little five-year-old Moses and brought him to Pharaoh's kingdom where Pharaoh's daughter would have said, Ah, come, my son. Must have been hard. Hmm? But just think how quickly the years go by. Before you know it, kids grow up. Isn't that true? Isn't that true, parents? Yeah. In fact, after your baby's born in one year, you're forgetting how tiny and weightless they were when they first came out. And now they seem so heavy. And if it wasn't for pictures and movies, you'd forget, right? A mother wrote a little poem. She said, I wish there were muddy tracks on the floor and a door going shut with a slam. I wish there were thumb marks all over the door and a hole in my pot of jam. I wish there were tops and toys to fix, a broken window pane, a little old wagon and worn-out sled, out in the storm and rain. I wish there were little stockings to mend, a few little bumps to kiss, a little boy to send to school, for never a day dare he miss. But the days of those little tasks are gone, the days with such care oppressed, There's a heartache that only a mother will own when the birds have all flown the nest. That mother is silently looking o'er a box of their worn out toys and you can blame me or wonder instead if I long for these old time joys, long for the years to turn back again when the men were just little boys. So well written. Mom. Would you promise God. To be everything you possibly can be. For your children. I don't mean to. Give them everything the world has to offer. I mean mom. Would you promise God. Today. On mother's day. That you will. Be. The godly mother. And train up the children. And do everything in your power. I tell you something. You can work for a company. You know, for a day, a year, a lifetime at 65. Whatever your work's done, you retire. But there's no retiring. There's no retirement plan for moms. Because after the children grow and leave the nest, they still need mom. They still need to hear her voice. And by the way, mom needs to hear the voice of the children too. If you haven't talked to your mom in a while, you need to do that. Moms need to hear the voice of their children. But mom, would you promise God today that you'll be everything you should be to your child? And for those of us who are not moms, would you promise that you would honor your mom? Now you might say, well, I can't honor my mom because my mom is dead. You can put a picture up on the wall of your home and honor your mom that way. You can speak well of your mom. You can honor her that way. I'm wondering if there's anyone today who would even go one step further and pray for their mom. Pray for all of the moms. I'd like to encourage people to come on the invitation and get on your knees and get serious with God and say, Lord, I want you to bless my mom. Or maybe God will bring to your mind another mom that needs prayer. All moms need prayer. Jochebed needed prayer. She's got her reward in heaven now. I'm wondering if you would do that. And let's make this the best Mother's Day we've ever had and combine Mother's Day and the Lord's Day, like I said earlier. And combine mothers and prayer together and make it the best. And let's pray a hedge of protection around our moms. And let's pray that God bless them and give them healthy bodies and happy hearts and clear minds. And let's ask God to bless them with wisdom and compassion Let's do that. Let's stand to our feet now, shall we? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.